As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. Welcome to the Andy Staples Show. We are on the eve of Championship Weekend, Ari. It's all happening Although, if you go back to the end of our show after the, the playoff rankings, how much of it should be happening? Do, do we really want crazy results this weekend? Because I'm not sure we do. Well, your stance on it was chalk results, boring Sunday equals most entertaining playoff. And, you know, I think in a world where uh, there's going to be some inconsistencies of the way that the committee views things, the way that they rank teams, obviously, I think... Everybody's got their their own take on how things went <laughs> in the most recent rankings. I think that the chalk results this weekend put you in a position to put the four teams in that I think most people would be okay with. It would help you, you know, sleep at night. It would make you feel like the teams who are in are probably the four teams that deserve to be in, or maybe deserve isn't the right word right now, but the four best teams. Um, so if you have wacky results, if Florida does something crazy and beats Alabama or um, Ohio State somehow loses the football game or, you know, who knows what could go on in that Clemson game. There's a few different things that could happen that could make things interesting. I I, I think that it would be bonkers to watch the committee try to scramble to find the, the fourth team. You know, I don't know who that fourth team would be in that scenario, but right now I think that probably the, the committee is hoping that the favorites win the championship games at this point just for the sake of of getting this right in a year where it's hard to get it right. I feel like if we could watch them deliberate it live, it would be highly entertaining, but just finding out the, what, what they eventually decided is not going to be all that entertaining. That, that's the part that concerns me is, you know, it, it, whether they're deciding between Texas A&M or, I don't know, I mean, Iowa State's number six right now. If Iowa State beats Oklahoma, is that, is it, are we really talking about that? Uh, you know, we, you and I went over this the other night. With, if Florida beats Alabama, I can see the committee getting super, you know, recency biased and saying, well, Florida has the best win of anybody, and so we're going to forgive them for that LSU loss because they just beat Alabama. And, and then it'd be because Alabama beat A&M, and A&M beat Florida, and Florida beat Alabama, so they just have to pick two. But what if, what if they didn't have to pick two? What if they just said, Alabama's still in, Florida and A&M, you're out, and Ohio State's in? The SEC would, would not like that. I guarantee you that. Yeah, I, you know, you really... I, I thought that when Florida beat 
or lost to LSU over the weekend, that that was it for them. And ever since the podcast that we did after the playoff reveal, I've been thinking a lot about that. And I put, you said this, and I did it. Put yourself in the committee's shoes after a Florida win over Alabama. And like the more I think about it, the more I think about the way everybody would react to that. Like over the years, teams have almost gotten into the playoff because they lost respectfully to Alabama. Could you imagine going there and beating right. this team this year? I, I think that they might be in at that point. Now, I don't know what you would do. Um, and that's in that case, you might knock out a team. Uh, I don't know who you would compare. You compare Ohio state to the loser of if there's an extra ACC team, depending on, Mm -hmm. you know, I mean, but two lost Clemson even would be compared to Ohio state. They'd be compared to Texas A&M, but you also can't have a playoff with three sec teams. Can you? Well, you could, if you want to have an 18 playoff (laughs) next year, your eyes light up. Woo. (laughs) (laughs) How about a four team? I can get behind right there because I know it would, it would create massive changes in the sport. I'll take yeah. chaos that creates massive changes in the sport. Yeah, I want to tell you something because everybody has been freaking out this year about, or this week, about Iowa State's ranking. I, did you freak out about Iowa State's ranking? Um, people I didn't don't understand like it. It. It's, it, it, was, it was an example of what the hell is the committee doing here because it, it didn't make any sense relative to any of the other ones. If, if we're just going based on eye test, which... I assume that's what we were doing, and that's certainly what the top four tells me we're doing. Why are they there? Because in the disaster scenarios where you have to find a fourth and maybe third team, depending on how things go. You want Oklahoma to have beaten them, and then you can say, well, Oklahoma just beat our number six team, and, and now we can put Oklahoma in at number four. Is that, that? Not the, is that not the clear path to you? The catapult? If, you're gonna, if a Big 12 team were to get in, I could get behind... Oklahoma getting in probably before Iowa State because two losses kind of gnaw at us. But if Oklahoma beats Iowa State, then I think that they could reverse then one of their just losses. Erasing that one, yeah, I, I could. I don't I could know erase if that erases that. that one. I don't know if it erases it. I like, know, but you know what? It doesn't Clemson erase beats- if Iowa State is a candidate. You can't erase either of their losses. One of which is to a Louisiana team who, granted, is in the top twenty now. But you can't erase. I can get behind the idea of the first two lost team ever making the college football playoff doing so because one of the teams that it lost to it ended up beating at the end of the year. Especially if you're going to make the argument of, well, they're playing really good right now, and that would be a direct way of illustrating it. Beating the team that they lost to earlier in the season when that other team is also playing well. So, like, I don't know how this is going to work. I don't think that what's the lowest ranked team or the lowest ranking a team has jumped from the second to last playoff rankings to the, I think it's six, right? I don't know. It was Ohio state and 14. Ohio state was six. six, If I recall. Yeah. And then they jumped over both big 12 teams. So, but like 10, you know, we already got me to admit that USC is out, whether or not I agree with it, they're out based on where they are, but like Oklahoma, are they out? If Cincinnati isn't in Georgia, is a non-factor at this point with two losses. Let's give Florida their third loss. I, I don't know like what would have to happen for you to say Oklahoma is the only answer here. Because I think I would rather take, and I know that people think that I hate AM and I have some sort of vendetta over them. You, you take AM and Oklahoma, way. right? I don't know that I would. Hmm. Okay. And the other thing I've been I, thinking about too, I Andy, think a- is, is I, I think AM would get in over Oklahoma. I'm telling you that right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They probably would. I'm just telling you how, if I were a committee member, how I would think. If I were handicapping that game, it would be fairly close. I'm not sure. I think I'd have A&M favored, but not by a whole hell of a lot. But here's an interesting thing that I don't know that people are considering. If Notre Dame beats Clemson, do you have a case to make Notre Dame number one? 
okay, you definitely have a case to make Notre Dame number one. I don't think they will if they feel like Alabama just took care of business against Florida. There's a more interesting piece of that argument, and it's on the other side. Does two loss Clemson, if all we're doing here is eye test, if two loss Iowa State or two loss Oklahoma is, is a legitimate contender, if two loss Florida, if they beat Alabama, is a legitimate contender, why not two loss Clemson? I agree. And two loss Clemson is is probably somebody who's in the conversation because if their only two losses are to the number one or number two team in the playoff rankings, then you might make that case. But the reason why I bring that up, Andy, is that the first of all, the game that you think will most likely turn into an upset over the championship weekend, would could we agree that Notre Dame beating Clemson again is that upset Correct. that we would choose and, of the and three? It would be a point spread upset, but obviously not a rankings yeah. upset. And we've seen it happen once this season already. And it's a double-digit favorite, so it'd be a pretty pretty big upset just from the, the odds standpoint. But anyway, they're they're ranked ahead. But here's the thing that I'm very curious about. And we don't know if the rank, you know, the, the committee ranks these teams in tiers. They do it three and then the four. I get it. But if Notre Dame beats Clemson again, that is Texas AM's path into the playoff, right? That's the one Absolutely. thing that has to 100%. happen for AM to walk in. And, and I, I I think we may be overthinking this. I know, but wait. If Notre Dame then, would the committee, in order to avoid a rematch between Alabama and Clemson in this scenario, move Notre Dame to one, even though we all know that Alabama's the best team in college football, in order to avoid giving Texas A&M a rematch with Bama because nobody wants to watch that game, also while rewarding Texas A&M by giving them the easiest first-round opponent? Like that is like what like I, I look at the ceiling and think is is Texas A and M going to advance potentially advance to the national championship this year because they were able to skirt away from the SEC championship game and then if a hypothetical thing happens that I just mentioned in the playoff we'll get the easiest potential matchup that they could possibly get in the playoff between I, I feel like if Texas A and M had to play a team they don't want to see Alabama again I don't think they want to see Ohio State again like they would everybody would pick Notre Dame just based on the the pure talent on that roster. So like now you have to also consider the fact that in this scenario, the number four seed would be rewarded when the four seed should never be rewarded for anything, especially if they're already on thin ice getting in because they didn't play in their own conference championship game. That's a crazy scenario that could really happen. I don't think the committee will monkey with one and two or three and four to produce better matchups. That said, if what you just said happens, I kind of hope they do. Because well, nobody I'll wants take to watch Notre it again. Dame, A&M, and Bama, Ohio State is my semis. I will take that every day and, and twice on Sunday. Absolutely, I want that. That sounds awesome. Yeah. Just like is it fair? Bama, Ohio State. The, the, the chalk scenario sounds pretty good, too. If you could, you know, Bama, Notre Dame, Ohio State, Clemson. I'll take that, too. As a viewer, those are the matchups I want. As a viewer... I feel like A&M might not be even in, in the top three or four of things that I would want to watch because I feel like I've seen it already. Like, and I don't know if I'm alone You've in that. you like, Alabama. You, you, listen, the best team last year was considerably better than everyone else. They did not play an interesting game in the playoff. LSU did not play an interesting game in the playoff. Clemson, the year before, did not play an interesting game in the playoff. Granted, we were interested in seeing Alabama getting beaten like that because we haven't seen it in the Saban era, but that was not a competitive game by any stretch of the imagination. So the fact that Alabama might play two non-competitive games in the playoff 
shouldn't really surprise you. And the fact that A&M might play Alabama and get smoked shouldn't surprise you either. If Notre that Dame beats Clemson again, doesn't Texas A&M from making the playoff. So the, the, we agree that the the clear path to the top four for Texas A&M is Notre Dame beating Clemson. If Notre Correct. Dame beats Clemson by three, who's a better candidate for the playoff in the four spot, A&M or Clemson? Like I, I don't know. Like I think they're going to take A and I am very interested to hear what Dabo comes up with. Because they should take A and M in that scenario. Be, Dabo will be on your television nonstop from the moment that game ends until the committee announces its ranking. Dabo As he will should. be spouting yeah. talking points nonstop if that happens. So is Texas A and M's in this very possible scenario is texas a&m's biggest threat a, a two-loss clemson team or is texas a&m's biggest threat a team behind it when you compare resume like would you be more Who scared of iowa state see in the playoff clemson or iowa state clemson clemson or oklahoma yeah. then it's clemson, clemson yeah i mean is clemson even no matter to, what to i'd rather see clemson yeah. than a&m too well and, and then you may be answering your own question because again if they're locked into the eye test which i thought when they went non-conference this year, they essentially locked themselves into the eye test. And I don't, I don't have a problem with that because they should have gone to eight teams this year just for this year. They screwed that up. So they locked the committee into the eye test. If you're going to eye test it, then eye test it. Just make the games you want to see because those are probably the games we want to see. Okay, then I'll give A&M credit then because I don't want to see Alabama play Iowa State. We're going to see Alabama play Florida. I don't particularly care to see Alabama play Georgia again. I might rather see them play Cincinnati just because of how foreign that would be. Would you I like to see Alabama play a two-loss Clemson is what I'm asking you. Yeah, I would. We're going to discuss potential tattoos for Ari later in the show. And trust me, it's very college football related. We'll talk about it when we come back. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7, U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Customers are rushing to your store. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it a mm, real POS? You need Shopify for retail. Shopify POS is your command center for your retail store. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify has everything you need to sell in person. With Shopify, you get a powerhouse selling partner that effortlessly unites your in-person and online sales into the one source of truth. Track every sale across your business in one place and know exactly what's in stock. Connect with customers in line and online. Shopify helps you drive store traffic with plug and play tools built for marketing campaigns from TikTok to Instagram and beyond. Get hardware that fits your business. Take payments by smartphone, transform your tablet into a point of sale system, or use Shopify's POS Go mobile device for a battle-tested solution. Plus, Shopify's award-winning help is there to support your success every step of the way. Do retail right with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash theathletic, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash theathletic to take your retail 
retail business to the next level today. Shopify.com slash The Athletic. I can't sit here on this podcast and continually say that 5-0 and and potentially 6-0 and Ohio State is a shoe-in and then also play the deserving card. Like, you, you can't play both no, sides. No, so they're like, not. It's, it, it is so purely like, eye we test. Have to completely and, but my thing is, if it's going to be eye test, make it eye test. Right, that's what I'm trying to say. So, like, I think eye test right now, and anybody who has eyes, I think the four best teams in the country in this particular year, given all the circumstances, are the teams that are four, the top four right now. But... If you have to eliminate one of those teams because of losses when it overdoes the eye test, and then you use the eye test to put in the fourth team, like I don't know where I feel about Texas A&M's eye test. Like they don't, they don't like please me in any way from a, from a that, that's aesthetical funny. standpoint. I, I would imagine the committee feels similarly to you. I don't know that they feel as it's interesting because you are Mr. Stars Matter, and A&M should excite you more than Iowa State, for sure, as much as Oklahoma, probably. But it doesn't seem to. It doesn't seem to stir your blood. And part of the reason why it doesn't, Andy, is like, listen, if we want to play that card, let's just remind the entire world that A&M has less talent on its roster in the 247 Sport composite rankings than USC, and that's a team that we've eliminated. So like, if we want to play that game, I love that game. That's the game that I'm going to tattoo on my body somewhere one day. Stars matter. I get that. But like we're already dismissing a team that is more talented than AM because they haven't played enough games and they don't pass the eye test. So like if we're going to use the question, eye test, Ari, I, I gotta, I gotta stop you. I gotta stop you. <laughs> I can't I, wait I for this <laughs> burning question. Where, where are you? Where are you going to tattoo Stars Matter on your body? Um, what body I don't know. Part? It's like lower back. I think. <laughs> I have no You're idea. You're gonna have a Stars Matter tramp stamp? <laughs> I don't know. I'm thinking like you know I, how like those cool chest tattoos that people go from shoulder to shoulder. That's not stars cool. Stars matter, and then put the stars on the shoulder, um, like, like like the 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 no no regrets one. No regrets, exactly. Except stars matter, right? Right, and like you, that's they're like, going to spell the words right, right? Though, yes, yeah. Okay. I mean, I just want my life motto. Yeah, maybe lower back's a, a bad place, but like life motto. I think you should put stars on your on your left butt cheek and matter on your right butt cheek, and then sure and enough, then PPY on the other. Yeah, <laughs> a star. A star on the small of your back. That would be the way to do it. Yeah. I mean, you're, you're catching me during the signing day week. And like, if you want to go down that road, I would love to go down that road. And A&M's actually putting together a hell of a finish in their class. Like, I I like them. I do. People think I hate A&M for some reason. But like, the reason why is because I just don't know. You know what the thing that holds me back the most with them, Andy? is that I can't get past blowout losses. And I think there's, I read a stat somewhere that only two teams who have lost by more than seven at any point during the season have made the college football playoff at any point. So like putting a team that lost in by 28, when that happens to you, you're so far removed from what I think is a championship caliber team that it's like such a like excitement buzzkill to me. And like, that's fine. Like I've covered really good teams that have lost by double digits before that didn't make the playoff because you know what? When you lose by that much, you lose your ability to have an argument in this discussion. And like it's the, the thing Nick that really Saban argument at from me. 2017. Remember he was on ESPN and he was, I don't know if he actually named Ohio state, but he was talking about the Ohio state Iowa game that year. And he basically said, I, I, I'm paraphrasing here. If we'd lost a game like that by that much, 
I wouldn't be sitting here right now. So I think that's the argument you're making. And like in the 2016 and two th- or the 2017 and 2018 losses to Iowa and Purdue, I was never on the Ohio State should get in bandwagon. The second those things happen, you know, you're out. And like I understand there's a very big difference between losing to Alabama by 28 and losing to Iowa by 28 or whatever it was. I can't even remember. That was a long night for me. Uh, but they, it's the same type of understanding in my mind that if you get blown out by somebody and you're like not in the game at all, then that like disqualifies you from having a discussion about why you deserve to go. And like in a world where USC hasn't lost and in a world where you can go through the top 10 and pick out teams, who did they beat? Who did they beat? Who do they beat? Like losses have to matter. And it just like gnaws at me that a team is unbeaten in the power five, regardless of what they looked like. And they're not even in the discussion. Like if, if Clemson loses to Notre Dame again, the reason why Texas A&M is probably going to get in is because there's nobody else to compare them to. And that's like so a sad if, story if for USC, the playoff. If USC had Colorado's recruiting profile, would you feel the same way? No. Okay. All right. So, oh, by the way. I know, but losses, one of the losses features, have to matter to me. Because like, we can't well, dismiss no. losses. No, no, if no USC I'm saying lost if USC one were game, undefeated right now but had Colorado's recruiting profile. Let's say Colorado had Colorado won was undefeated. Week. Yeah. Okay. I wrote a column about the Pac-12 two weeks ago, and I used USC because of that. Because I, I think I, that... I, yeah, go ahead. I just think I think you're being blinded by the stars. Now, our friend Auburn Elvis is watching the live stream, and he's mad at me because I tweeted during the live stream. He, he wants us to go back to the tattoo, and I, I think he's probably right. <laughs> we do need to focus on the tattoo. So we, we've tried left butt cheek and right butt cheek. How about stars matter? Like biceps? The beach is that way. Well, listen, I've been working out with this personal trainer, been losing some pounds, and like maybe when I start getting some muscle tone in the arms, we consider bicep tattoos, because you have to be jacked to have a bicep tattoo, and I am I have a log arm, so I'm not quite there yet. Um, I've got my my chest bones, like my collarbones, I think are are nice, so I might want to you accentuate that. You would cry them. if they tried to put ink on your collarbone. Oh, so would my mother. Uh, you know, I, I don't... I don't know that that would be terrifying. I never have considered getting a tattoo and one of my best friends in the world is covered in uh, from arm to arm and paid an artist like a 30 grand to like draw the mural up. I like I can appreciate the artwork, but I also know that needles and the pain and all the stuff that comes with it isn't. And I also don't know that it was the first time in my entire life that there's been something that matters to me enough that I know I want it on my body permanently and stars matter is that thing. Not a family member's name. Not not a loved one, not my girlfriend who's not upstairs. <laughs> no, you don't have children yet, so perhaps <laughs> perhaps when you have children more, you'll love them more than your beloved twenty four seven composite. But no, I don't think I will. <laughs> <laughs> so, all right, we, we've got to move on from from the actual playoff rankings talk because that that is going to sort itself out. But let's let's talk a little bit about some of the games, but also some of the stuff that's happening around those games because there is a game. This, if you're watching this episode live, it's Thursday night. If you are listening to it on the podcast, it's Friday. Oregon and USC are playing a football game today. Oregon is a three-point underdog. I would argue the Ducks have already won this week. Mario Cristobal is staying. He is not going to Auburn. He is not going to Michigan. He is not going to Texas. He's not going anywhere. He will be right there in Eugene, Oregon. And do you think that has any effect on this result I would argue Oregon had a pretty good chance of winning anyway. 
Yeah, I, I, if I had to put my money on it, I would play the Oregon side. For somebody who's been banging the USC drum for the past three weeks, it's not about who I, if I think USC is actually one of the four best teams, it's about the principle of being included in the conversation. And I would feel the same way about Oregon if they were undefeated. Um, and Oregon was almost undefeated maybe and might have been in that discussion too, although looking way worse than all the teams in front of it. So I do think the idea of Mario Cristobal has been in the the discussion constantly for the next big job. And, you know, I think in some instances, even the Auburn job before this extension happened. And I'm happy to see that he got paid. But I also don't know if like leaving Oregon right now is the wise thing to do for him just to go jump at a maybe second tier SEC job. Because how many teams in the SEC Oregon, are in tier Oregon one? with a fully stocked roster is a playoff contender. And you I know, think they, they just signed a lot to opt outs this year. They also just signed, um, I think, nine players in the top 125 or something like that in the 2021 Correct. class. So he's having his best recruiting class ever at Oregon. Things are starting to roll again. It's a very winnable conference. Like me picturing him saying, you know what? I'm not going to be in the Pac-12 anymore, the conference that can't even get a team in when they're undefeated so I can go play Alabama every year. Like, why would you sign up for that? Like, I understand well, that it might listen, be a bigger I, job, but like I would go take the LSU job if it opened or a, or the Georgia job. I know, and but also like not I, open. I know, but then don't leave because like I think Oregon. I mean, I know we're going to have a debate on what's a better job, but from a sanity standpoint of the head coach, would you rather go try to make the playoff at Oregon and have all that Nike money and try to like recruit California and own that conference when it's there for the taking, or would you rather go be in the same freaking division as Alabama? Just from like a sanity standpoint, like it might be a better oh, job. I, I'm I'm with you. I, I think if you can win a Power Five league and and recruit the kind of players they're recruiting and you don't have to go up against other programs that are recruiting the same kind of players you're recruiting, because really USC is the only one even in the mix, and they're not recruiting like Oregon is. So yeah. I'm with you on that. The only thing I would I would think is, is if you go to Auburn, if you're Mario Cristobal, a recruiter like Mario Cristobal, you can build a roster that looks like Alabama's and Georgia's and LSU's. You can do that. And if you can do that, you can compete for national titles. So I wouldn't have had a problem either way. The, the thing that got me yelled at a lot today is people were, somebody asked me hypothetically, if you're Hugh Freeze and you have the choice between Auburn and Tennessee, which do you pick? And I said, it doesn't sound like he has that choice. Cause I would think if Auburn wanted him, Auburn would have hired him already, but I would pick Auburn over Tennessee every time. I think Auburn's a better job than Tennessee. I think if you look, the last four coaches at Auburn have either gone undefeated, won the SEC and played for a national title or won a national title. Only Philip Fulmer in the last 40 years has been able to accomplish that at Tennessee. And they've had many coaches. If you're looking for me to argue with you about this, this isn't the podcast. I saw you arguing on I know, Twitter, and I'm I like, know. this I, isn't even a debate. I, I what just, are we even I, this doing is, here? This is me proving that Therapy. I'm sane. I needed you Therapy. to confirm that I'm yeah. sane. Also, the point okay. that you make all the time, and I was on a radio show in Knoxville, and, and I don't know what station it was. I can't keep track, but I... Talk to the host afterward. And I said to him, because he was asking me all these questions about like, what does Tennessee have to do to beat Bama? And it's like, are we there? Is that where we're at in Knoxville? Is that what the discussion is? Because there's about nine steps between current reality and beating Alabama. And like, I don't know this. And I've written a Greg right. Schiano column. And, and a few when years did Auburn ago. last beat Alabama? Last year. Yeah. That is a testament to their coach that they just fired too, by the way, because I've seen lopsided talent 
rivalries go really, really bad. So that's like one argument that I think you could make for that being a mistake. But hey, man, the, the, listen, the man got $21.5 million yeah. to well, not I'm trying to, I'm trying to tell you, is an American hero. I'm trying to back you up here, though. Um, I know. If I had to guess, just based on Twitter interactions, what I know about the Tennessee uh, fan base from my limited interaction and like just stuff talking about like informal conversations with this radio host I just had. It seems to me that Tennessee fans have the most unrealistic vision and viewpoint of what their team is and should be. Now, if you think they should be a, a I, Georgia, I, I, think, I think they feel like everybody thinks Nebraska fans feel, but Nebraska, Nebraska fans, fans have made the adjustment. Way. They've made the adjustment right. to understanding that it's not 95 anymore. And like, I understand that it's good. I, I think I should. You should encourage fan bases to feel a certain way about their program to encourage the results that they want and to apply pressure when those results aren't happening. I make that that discussion uh, or argument about Michigan all the time. But also, you have to give the man that's in the job multiple years to try to do it because if you're in this cycle at Tennessee for every three years you're firing somebody and trying to catch Alabama in three years they ain't catching Alabama with anybody in three years unless they hire Urban Meyer and that wouldn't happen in a million years so it's about patience and persistence and understanding where you are on the in the in the global context or the SEC context and Tennessee who signed the number 10 overall class in 2020 had the eighth or seventh best class you're very very far behind so What's the more desirable place going to a place where they think you should win the Super Bowl year one and then getting fired in three years or going to a place like Auburn that has a closer proximity to Florida and a more recruiting, a fertile recruiting area also has good players in Alabama can compete with Alabama has the program structure two to hours play Alabama from two yeah. hours from Atlanta and you know, a, a program that is considered one of the 10 best offers that you can get. Like, I don't even think it's a discussion. And until Tennessee fans and the administration understand that this is going to be a process and you sign a top 10 class and then maybe a 13 class and then the eight and then seven and then maybe five, you're not in the same stratosphere as Bama and those other teams until you sign a top five class. And they're not and doing that. Thing, I, I love Knoxville. I lived there for two years. My first job out of college was covering Tennessee for the Chattanooga Times Free Press. And that was during Philip Fulmer's... I, sort of the tail end of the golden age, the 2001 team that I covered was really, really good, should have beaten LSU for the SEC title and played for the national title in the Rose Bowl. They should have played Miami for the, for the national title that year. Uh, but they're not that program anymore. And they need to figure out how to get back to that. But they do. I'm a, I agree with you. They need to give somebody a chance. Now I will say if they decide they are okay with hiring Hugh Freeze and they would like to do that, I think he gets them closer to what they want than anybody else they've kind of been through in the last few years. That's because right. Because we've already seen, we've seen proof of concept. Because I would argue that Tennessee's a better job than Ole Miss, and Hugh Freeze came a weird Hunter Henry lateral away from winning the West at Ole Miss in 2015. What are the expectations at Auburn? Win the national title. Do you think it's as intense as at Tennessee? Uh, it is as intense, but in a different way. Auburn is really boom and bust. The The difference is Auburn pulls it off every once in a while. They beat Alabama yeah. every once in a while. They win the SEC every once in a while. I mean, they've won the SEC West in the last three years. Like, yeah. it's, not, it's not out of the realm of possibility. Right now, it feels outside the realm of possibility at Tennessee. They need to make up ground on Florida and Georgia before they even start worrying yeah, about yeah, Alabama. About Alabama, yeah. And 
Like, ask me to describe my perfect job for a college football coach in one sentence. Uh, stars matter on the left and right butt cheek. Yes. Uh, no. What, what is the perfect job? Program with brand name in conference there for the taking. Perfect Mario job. Cristobal at Oregon. Yeah. What's the worst job? Program brand name far off unreasonable expectations. More playoff talk from Ari and I when we return on the Andy Staples Show. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at marines.com. Let's talk about our expectations for these games tomorrow. The one that would cause the most chaos is the one that's happening early. Northwestern versus Ohio State. The Buckeyes are a 20-point a favorite. Any shot. Do we, do we get a woe Martha this week? We, we talked last Friday. We haven't had any woe Marthas. And then, and then Marco Wilson threw a shoe. And we Who got a little Martha. Shoe, really? Um, Who throw? Honestly, I I got to tell you, it's a throw. It's a real throwable. If you get you the right there? shoe some, in your right hand, it's a throwable shoe. Got some outlet Nikes there, bud. Is that is that what outlet those are? Nikes? No, these I don't are, know. I couldn't Air tell. Zoom Pegasus thirty six. Oh, I see. They're not I, the I current Air Zoom see. Pegasus, but they were when I bought them. <laughs> is that what you do all your triathlons in? <laughs> all your uh, triathlons. All your crazy uh, no, no bike. No bike for me. No swim training. Um, Want to race, Ari? No. Just stop. I already know where this is going. Eat the chip and run seven well, miles in 30 I was, I was seconds. On, yeah, I know. I recorded a, an episode of Pardon My Take that, that runs on Friday morning where I, I challenged Darren Ravel to a boxing match. So I figure, why not? You love that stuff. I would watch that. I think everybody would watch that. Um, I think everybody would watch that too. What was the question? I think I'm probably a little bit different weight class. I'd probably have to cut a few pounds. You've cut enough pounds. Save some for the rest of us. What was the question? I lost track. So... Could Northwestern oh, conceivably yeah. beat Ohio State? I covered Ohio State for 10 years. and I hadn't heard that on the show before. Well, I just have to like explain who I am because people, um, how could I be a Texas A&M homer if I covered Ohio State and I'm, I'm a Michigan homer and I, I'm a Pac-12 homer? I, I, I don't know. Whatever. I'm a homer for everybody and I have an agenda against everybody. But they only lost games out of nowhere three times, I think, in the Urban Meyer era for the seven years he was there. And two of those games were in War Martha spots, right? They're also war in Martha? spots. Like War Eagle? Whoa, Martha. We, what did I say? Much war? Whoa, Martha <laughs> spots. I, I don't even know what I said, but, you know, I stand by it. It's very hard to sneak. It's, it's very much easier to upset Ohio State when you sneak up on them. When you're in the crosshairs in a championship-type game scenario or they need to beat you for any sort of reason, 
it's a lot harder to do that. So, like, in this standpoint, Ohio State is approaching the Northwestern game as if they need to win by 40 in order to impress the committee enough to get into the into the game. Like, they are, they are, like, locked in. They haven't played for a few weeks. And, like, this is not the spot that I would take an upset. I respect Northwestern enough to think that their defense could make it a little weird, could muck it up a little bit maybe in the first half. Like, I might take Northwestern it, it, in the points in the first like half. It feels like it might be last year's Big Ten championship game all over again. Kind of competitive first half, and then yeah. Ohio State blows, blows their doors off in the second. But this year, this year's Big Ten championship game might be more like the 14 championship game when they won 59 nothing because they have to make a statement in order to ensure they have a spot. And, now, and, and I don't that, know, that is there a scenario for you where they don't get in if they win? If they beat Northwestern forty-two to thirty-eight, are they in trouble? I would think it would take a Florida win against Alabama to even bring that into question. So if they won six nothing or thirty-eight thirty-seven, no matter the ugliest type of game that you can come up with, and they barely win, are they still in no matter what? As long as Alabama beats Florida, because I think they're in the they're in the uh, scenario where they might actually feel like they have to win by a lot in order to. Get in. So if that's the case, like they're not in a position right now where they're able <laughs> well, to you do know, that. You know Ryan Day's telling them that. Yeah. He's like, I boys, mean, we got to win by 90. At 5-0, and oh, though, you can't you can't guarantee that in a weird year like I, this. I so, wouldn't leave anything to chance if I were them. I, I, don't, I don't think they should. Yeah. I, I think they should try to score as many style points as they can. I also think Texas A&M should try to score style points if they can. Yeah. You know, I, I don't think it matters either way, but... Why leave anything to chance at this point? Let's of the let's three championship about, games, Andy. They uh-huh. are the biggest favorite, and I think they've got the least likelihood to lose because they're playing in an indoor dome against a team where the talent discrepancy is the highest out of all the games. Right, like I, the, Florida the, has enough talent. And, in the, right, right. Alabama's favored by seventeen, but the talent discrepancy is not as big. Right, right. So the spreads are kind of similar in two of the games, but the difference between Ohio State and Northwestern is far more drastic than Alabama and Florida. Cincy, do they try to score style points against Tulsa? We have not seen Cincy play since November 21st. Are they going to be sharp or or rusty? Or This is confusing. Cincy's really a 14.5-point favorite. It's really a tough message to send uh, a team that is hoping to achieve the highest possible honor, and that's to make the playoff and move them back when they're not playing. And that happened, what, in two consecutive weeks for them? So, mm-hmm. like, I don't know, style points is like a fun term, but what do they need the style for? Do they need to... It doesn't to, matter. It, it doesn't it really matter. Doesn't. And I think that they that's a tough thing. They need to win the thing. game, and they're in a New Year's Six Bowl, and that's, that's unfortunately and, for them, they got teased in that first week, but unfortunately, that's... You nailed it, by the way. I don't know if you remember that, but right before the first playoff rankings came out, we were on the show, and you said that Cincinnati's ceiling in the rankings, no matter what happens, is seven, and you were right. They never were able to get past that I'm sad. I'm kind of sad it was because I, I was hoping because this year's so weird and they were playing so well before everything kind of shut down for them that they would get a real chance, but they're just never going to get one. Mike Oresco, the, the commissioner of that league, is exactly right. They are never going to get a real chance in this format. Now, I would disagree with him that the BCS is better. There's a much smarter format where five Power 5 champs get in, highest-ranked Group 5 champs in, two at-larges in. That is the scenario you should be doing. It's what they should be doing this year. But unfortunately, Cincinnati is not going to have a chance. Let's talk about the Big 12. Oklahoma at Iowa State. We talked about the possibility of Iowa State being placed at six as the potential Oklahoma catapult. Now, I don't think either of these teams has a chance to actually make the playoff. Iowa State, this would be the first 
conference title for Iowa State since I believe they shared the 1912 Missouri Valley Conference title or 1916. It's one of those two. It would be an amazing story if they can win the Big 12. I I was talking to somebody earlier today and they were talking about, you know, Texas, you know, barely beat I or I, Iowa State barely survived Texas. And I'm like, you understand that Iowa State making the Big 12 title game is like winning the national title at Texas. Who doesn't understand that? They Not everyone apparently. Yeah, I mean, Matt Campbell should be carried out and his entire staff on golden chairs on people's like shoulders. <laughs> if they win the Big 12, seriously, absolutely. Yeah, and Brock Purdy too. What what job? Where's what check is too big to write for that guy? Honestly, well, and they may write it, and they, <laughs> they might. May have some, to. I don't know who's going to write it. Someone's writing it. Uh, but, but I don't know. I, like I think Oklahoma wins this game. I think Oklahoma has been a different team the second half of the season. So let's let's we're not going to kill the Big Twelve champion completely. So like they might be one percent alive, but I think that Oklahoma, if they win based on brand name, based on talent, based on explosive offense based on excitement, all the same reasons why they got in with poor defenses in the past by avenging that loss as a more attractive candidate for the playoff than Iowa state would be if Iowa state won. And I don't know if that's fair. I I don't know if that's like sucks to hear if you're an Iowa state fan, it's your brand bias talking, but here, here's the thing. And also the avenging of the loss from an eye test standpoint is probably still a more attractive uh, uh, candidate than either of them. Yeah, we were going to take a break, a few year break from Oklahoma after last year, because until they get that defense fixed, and like the opponents that they've beaten on their little run are bad. I mean, they played yeah. Kansas and Baylor, and you know a few other teams that had poor offenses. And like, is their defense better? And that's the thing that's so tricky about this. They're five and a half point favorites. I'm not sure. I'm taking. I'm not laying those points. Like, I don't forget what happened in the first three weeks of the season. And Iowa State didn't play particularly well when they played Oklahoma the well, first and, time. And, and still Iowa won. State is tough. Iowa State plays the defense, but basically everybody's trying to steal. You know, John Haycock's defense is the one that everybody has taken parts of to try to deal with all these offenses. So they are the like their defense is the original Oklahoma killer. We'll see if Lincoln Riley can solve it. I mean, if Lincoln Riley can solve it, then I don't know what you do if you're Iowa State. But at this point, I yeah, I think picking Iowa State is not a, a terrible bet here, but I just I think Oklahoma may have entered that hottest team in the country kind of zone. So I think I think they're gonna win this. Also, game. listen to every single year I talk myself into taking the underdog in the Big Twelve championship game, and it's always like a six point spread, whether it's Texas or whether it's Iowa State. It's always this weird spread and the score is seventeen to, to three in the middle of the second quarter. And you know, I, I don't know that I would play this game, but if I were to play it, I would. I don't know. Maybe you should just lay the points and just just trust the process. I don't know, man. Uh, I'm. I'm right, I think it'd be cool if Iowa State got it though, just for the sake of new blood winning a Power Five conference. I think is always an exciting discussion, and it's always kind of proof that if you do things the right way, it, it it can happen. And even if you don't have the most talented roster, and Iowa State has done a great job of evaluating the the three-star prospects between 400 and 700. And the number 721 three-star prospect and the number 415, it's 300 spots. It's a huge difference. But I think that there is a lot of... number difference between 100 and 400. Yeah, right. But I think that the drastic nature of the shift of talent between 100 and 400 is far more uh, big of a gap than it is from four to seven. So Iowa State, though... 
not necessarily a sexy team in the 247 sport composite talent rankings, I still think has done a hell of a job evaluating those talented kids in between four and 700 and have turned them into a really good football team. This isn't like some weird story where Iowa State turned no. out to be good. They have a great talent. This is a cute story. They, yeah. They are, they are just as capable of being there again next year. This is not they, fluky. Yeah, and that's why I would feel good hiring Matt Campbell as a coach. If he takes that recruiting staff with him, that See, recruiting coordinator with this. him. They hate when we do this. Because we're, here we are praising Iowa State, and immediately we're taking their coach away. Let's, so we'll, we'll, we're going to put a pin in that, Ari. Yeah, and we're we getting will, there. We will let Matt Campbell be in Ames for now. And just, just let it happen. Just let them be happy for a few minutes. Yeah, Alabama-Florida, 17-point spread. My thinking is as long as nobody from Alabama throws a shoe, Alabama's probably okay. How many shoes could Alabama actually throw to lose? How many penalties would it take like that? Nine? All right. <laughs> I don't think, listen, as we discussed, this is not the Northwestern Ohio State game. The point spreads may be similar. The talent discrepancies are not. Where the talent discrepancy is between Alabama and Florida is the line of scrimmage, which is why I think Alabama, if they can get a lead, they can control the clock. They can control the game because they should be able to push Florida around on, on, on the line of scrimmage. And that should be enough to win the game. But Florida has skill talent on par with Alabama's skill talent on the outside. And both of them have very good quarterbacks. So Florida can put up points on Alabama. Do not think Florida's going to go in there and get shut out. This could be an interesting game if there are a few mistakes, if there are a few weird bounces, if there is eh, two shoe throws. Two. So let me ask you this. Are you taking the points? Yeah, I'll take the points. I think Alabama wins and Florida covers. Maybe a backdoor, but I'll take it. Yeah, I don't hate it. I don't know. The worst thing that you can do in sports is gamble against the Golden State Warriors in their prime in Alabama football. So have fun with that. Like, I, I, I don't want to watch that. Let's, <laughs> That's tough. let's talk about the game, though, that, that really is the key to everything, probably, because it's the one where we don't really know who's going to win. We don't have a great idea who's going to win. We've seen one of them beat the other, but we think the team that lost the first game is probably the better team. If Clemson beats Notre Dame... Probably we know who the, who the four are. Probably got that figured out. If Notre Dame beats Clemson, then we have a very interesting discussion on Sunday morning. What do you think happens in that game? Do you think that on both sides of what you just said, that's true no matter what the score is? First of all, because I don't know that that's 100% true. Like if Clemson goes out and beats Notre Dame... 48 to 17 or something and just completely kicks the crap if out Notre of If Notre Dame looks helpless, then maybe Notre Dame's out of the playoff. I just don't think that's going to happen. I think that the reason Notre Dame beat Clemson the first time, which is strength on both lines of scrimmage, which was shutting down Clemson's run game, that travels. I don't think yeah, it you're does. suddenly it does. not yeah, going to be able to do that at all. I think they're still going to be able to play well on the line of scrimmage. They have to have a competitive football game to get in, I think. That's all I'm saying. I'm not saying that it's going to happen. To. I'm just saying I think that— Not it, only do it, I think they're going to have a competitive football game, I think— there's a really good chance Notre Dame wins. It was not an accident that they won the first one. It was not fluky at all. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't know that I'm going to go there with you. I think that I would be pretty shocked if they ended up winning outright. Um, you know, they're three to one to win. So it's, I don't know. Um, stars matter and gambling lines matter. I get it. But um, I I just, in this scenario, in this, I think that everybody would be kind of shocked. And it's fine. Like, if if they cover the spread. I, I went into the first game like that. Or I remember talking to yeah. somebody the week of the first game, and they said, what are the chances Notre Dame wins this game? I'm like, none. 
None whatsoever. I know because we've been, consi- we've been conditioned to know that Notre Dame is good in their schedule, and then whenever they play somebody with elite-level talent, they can't stack up. And this year, So that's now different. we've seen it, though, and you we still have. don't believe. I don't think it's easy to beat two teams. It's not because I think Notre Dame sucks. It's just think it's really, really hard to beat the same team twice in the same year. And when that team is Clemson, it's, I don't think anybody can beat them twice. I don't, think, I don't think Bama would beat them twice if they played twice. I, I'm, I'm very excited to watch this game. I think it's going to be a fun game. I do not think it's going to be a blowout. I'm with you. I do think Clemson's going to win, but You're with I would me. not be shocked if Notre Dame found a way to pull it out. And that would be a much more interesting playoff discussion Sunday morning, but probably less interesting games in the playoff. So like we said at the start of the show, if you want the best matchups in the playoff, we're rooting for chalk. More people want to see the, the committee squirm than they want to see a good match. Like, what do you think if you did like an, a poll on your Twitter account? Would you rather watch the committee squirm? they want to squirm? see the committee squirm, but you got to deal with like 10-day run-up to the games and the games themselves. I would rather have, just be excited about those games for 10 days and then maybe get some really fun games. Yeah. I want those more than I want the committee squirm. The committee squirmed enough this year. They already know this is completely ridiculous. They know they're going to have to expand it at some point anyway. So, no, they've squirmed enough. Let's get the good games. Come on, chalk, baby. Come on. <laughs> yeah, that's what you want, and that's what you said. So, you know, I'm 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 very excited to watch these games on Saturday. Um, it's interesting. I don't know when the last time, if ever, that – I mean, I guess that's always the case, but three conference championship games are going to dictate which four we get. Like, all of them are kind of on, on interesting ice, maybe outside of Alabama. Um, so, yeah, I don't – I'm very excited. Which game are you most excited for? Clemson-Notre Dame is the easy answer here, right? Clemson-Notre Dame, and I actually, uh, the Big 12 championship game a little bit, and uh, Louisiana-Coastal Carolina. I cannot wait. Friday night Pac-12 championship. Dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun. Quack. Quack. Mighty Ducks, or are we talking about Oregon? Gordon Bombay, baby. Quack, quack, Mr. Ducksworth. Quack, quack. Um... Yeah, so it's just a uh, – is there anything that USC can do, or am I just completely dead? I'm dead with USC. Completely dead. I- You're eating the chip of death. <laughs> unless, unless, between now and when I decide you must eat the chip of death, you get stars tattooed on your left butt cheek and matter <laughs> tattooed on your right butt cheek. <laughs> and post it I'll on the internet. I'll think about that. I'll think about – I'll post it on the internet so I get fired. Oh, I don't think you get fired. If I expose myself I mean, online? It's your butt. It's very PG. Yeah, it is. They show butt. They show butts on ABC. Remember when Sipowicz show, showed his butt on NYPD Blue? <laughs> we could do that. How did we get through All this? All right, so th- Ari's got a date with a stencil. He's, somebody's about to, to write stars in Sharpie on his, on his left butt cheek. I can't wait for this. Enjoy championship weekend. I'll talk to you after the games on Saturday night.